I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I trust that the Lord is working in all of our heads and hearts to, to bend us more and more toward a posture of gratitude and, and opening us up more and more to the reality of his shalom in our lives, in our families, in the world. If you remember the last few weeks, we've talked about shalom as this mode of operation of holistic human flourishing, right? True peace and security, love, health, happiness, all of which is God's vision for the world. The Bible insists that shalom is actually possible, and not only possible, but inevitable, And shalom is ultimately realized by the sovereign power of Almighty God through the finished work of Jesus and the help of the Holy Spirit and also through our participation. We aren't simply called to cast vision for shalom, only talking about what it could look like. We are called to be a visible manifestation of God's shalom. The way we live our lives should confirm the power and the truth of God's vision for the world. Our life together should confirm, or our life together is meant to prove that shalom is really possible and inevitable. So here's where we're headed this morning. We're, we're going to look at how shalom is realized through the divine work of hospitality, And we'll see that extending the hospitality of God to others is is part of sharing in the objective inevitability of God's shalom in the world. See, the question isn't when or if God's shalom will show up. It already has. The question is, how will we participate? How will we submit to and grow into the shalom that God shares with us through his son by his spirit? Now, if I asked you what is central to hospitality, my guess is that most of you would answer food or the dinner table, something of that sort. And that's right. It's not all that hospitality is, but it is fundamental. So we'll be looking at table hospitality. And and if we're going to talk about table hospitality, then we need to start at the table, the, the communion table or the Eucharistic Table Eucharist literally meaning Thanksgiving. So the Thanksgiving table, the meal that we are invited to share with God every week where, where we experience together the hospitality and generosity of God. So we'll talk about worship and hospitality and, and how the two are intimately connected. But before we get to that, we need to understand that the the only reason we experience the hospitality of God and are, are privileged to enter in and participate and extend that same hospitality is because it all begins with and in God himself. God is fundamentally hospitable. The triune God that we worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are are eternally welcoming and and hosting one another, always in this, this divine procession of glory and gift, constantly and mutually giving and receiving, creating and sharing, loving and glorifying and, and in his gracious act as creator, God has extended that same hospitality to his creation. 
being made in the image of the one true living hospitable God, we have been welcomed into his very life. Throughout all of history, God has been a good and true and perfect host, making room for us, welcoming us, bringing us into fellowship with himself. And sharing in this means that we participate as co-hosts with God. If we had more time, we could dig more into examples of this throughout the Bible, like Adam and Eve joining with God in exercising dominion, right? Gathering and cultivating, transforming, hosting creation. Or or Noah, who with God welcomes and feeds humans and animals during the flood. Abram is invited to be co-host with God in, in being welcomed into God's purposes and given the call to bring about God's mission in the world. God gives him a promise of being blessed so that he can be a blessing. The people of Israel are are led by God out from, from the inhospitable land of Egypt to a land where God would dwell with them. And, and in their wandering, they depended upon the hospitality of God, which he graciously shared with them by, by protecting them and setting a table for them in the wilderness and leading them to this home where they could enjoy his Shalom. We could go on and on and on. The point is, God has always been, is eternally the great host. He is the one from and for all eternity who gathers and welcomes us. He feeds and and clothes us. He communes with us. And it's important to understand this as we look at at worship and what is happening here every week as we experience together the same hospitality and worship the same hospitable God of the Bible. If you've been around uh, really for any length of time, you are probably aware that we talk a lot about liturgy. That's because we truly believe in the power of 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 acceptable worship to God that can and will transform lives. Our liturgy shapes us. And and in the context of this sermon, I would argue that the liturgy shapes us into co-hosts partnering with God in his hospitality to the world. And it does that through worship that, that culminates in a meal, right? Really, we could talk about the whole liturgy in terms of a feast. But before we get to the eating, we're first invited in. Right? Christian worship begins with an invitation into God's house. And God, being the good host that he is, not only welcomes us, but brings us into the, the company of, of people, making sure that we're formed from individuals, men, women, and children, into a people. A, a good host at a dinner party makes sure that you meet and know all who are there to participate. A good welcome in worship transforms us into a body, as the Bible refers to us. And after we've been welcomed in, we confess our sins. A good host welcomes you in, maybe makes you take your shoes off, but 
more than that, you get a sense of the, of the kind of life and law that is observed and obeyed in, in that home, even at that table. We come on Sundays with all sorts of guilt and shame and insecurities, and God meets us in that, and he, and he loves us so much that he doesn't allow us to stay there. So he washes us. He forgives us. Then we hear God's word and we sing praise to him. Feasting isn't just about the food, right? There's talking and laughing, even singing if things get wild. You wouldn't host a dinner and eat in total silence. God speaks to us. He is not silent. He does not ignore us. And we respond by speaking back to him, by lifting up prayers and and raising our voice in song, like raising a toast. And it all leads to the meal, right? God sets a table and invites us to feast at his table. I mentioned this idea of sharing in hospitality. It it even happens at this meal. There is a a partnership, a a co-hosting in this meal. We bring an offering of raw earthly material formed into bread and wine for God to bless and fill us with physically and spiritually. But, but we know that it even goes beyond the natural elements because God has brought us to his table and, and we partake of his life and we give him our life. Let, let me pause briefly and ask why food? Why a meal or, or a feast as we're referring to it? Feasting, as we know, finds uh, unity with hospitality. Right? Hospitality is not only feasting, but the two fill one another out in, in bringing life together in a, in a specific time and place where there's giving and taking and transformation and gratitude, all giving way to more and more life. And just like hospitality, feasting finds its fullest expression and meaning in our triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit not only share in this eternal feast of of love and glory, but this same triune God feeds his people and even feasts with his people. He is the God of the garden who welcomes humanity into an edible world. He is the God of the incarnation who sends his son to eat and drink with sinners. We know that he's the God of the table who offers a feast of communion to his people every week. And he's the God of the marriage supper of the lamb who promises an eternity of feasting to anyone and everyone who accepts his invitation. God feeds his people. He feasts with his people. So, so then back to our liturgy, we share a meal with God, with the God of hospitality and, and feasting, but, but things don't end there, right? What, what do we hear every week? Hopefully you could all say it with me, but I'll, I'll spare you. We have all just experienced the hospitality and generosity of God. He has welcomed us into his house and forgiven us and taught us and nourished us at his table. And now what? He's sending us back out into our neighborhood to extend that same hospitality and generosity to others. It's like leaving a good dinner party. We We are filled up 
We are wanting more. We're wanting to come back and, and invite others. And so from here, we, we are sent out into God's world to proclaim that we have tasted and we've seen the goodness of God and invite others into the welcome of God's hospitable worship. And, and here's what makes that so effective, why our participation in and, and reenactment of this hospitality in the world is so effective. Because through this ritual of worship that culminates in a meal, we are both marked and given authority. Let me take those one at a time briefly. The worship that we participate in every week it sanctifies us, right? It sets us apart. It transforms us. It actually changes us. Think about Moses ascending Mount Sinai into the presence of God. He was transformed, right? When, when Moses came down, his face was, was literally shining. The hospitality of God marks us as people who have heard from and been with and feasted with the living God. It is, it is markedly different in our current culture to invite your neighbors, even strangers, into your home and share a meal with them. But the joy of doing so is how we have been marked because we have been with Jesus. You've heard, you are what you eat. And there's certainly a degree of truth to that in our participation here at the table. But the gospel also says you are who you eat with. As Christians, we are called to eat and drink like those who eat and drink with Jesus. Because we have. And we do. Every week. And, and we're sent out, commissioned to set tables of our own, to welcome the world into our homes, to feast with us. And, and never forget that the living Christ dwells in you. So, so when you invite people to eat and drink with you, you are inviting them to eat and drink with the living Christ. We have to believe that that kind of hospitality really does have the power to transform lives. We are marked. We have also been given authority. Right? In, the, in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, we read about that dreadful night when, when Jesus was betrayed. He's with his disciples and it says that Jesus knew the Father had put all things into his hand meaning all power and all authority had been given to Jesus and in a matter of hours, he will be hanging on a cross willingly. Knowing this, what does he do? With, with all authority in his hands, he hosts a meal. He invites his disciples who don't deserve it to share with him in a meal and, and he even washes their feet welcoming them into the hospitality of a king with all things in his hand. The Christian call to hospitality is to be faithful and obedient, just like Jesus, with the authority the Father has given. So, whatever your occupation, However much your salary, however big or small your house is, if you have 10 kids or no kids, with whatever the Lord has given into your hands, 
You are called to set a table and break bread. To share the hospitality of God with with one another and with a world that is starved for it. Let me say a bit more about that last sentence. The, The question posed at the beginning was, God's shalom is present in the world, so how will we participate in it? And and yes, we participate by being hospitable to the world, but I believe one of the most important ways we participate in the shalom of God is extending that hospitality to, to one another first. The apostle Peter charges the church, you and me, to show hospitality to one another without grumbling, he adds, which is important. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's grace. Why? In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. There's plenty of examples in the Bible to to show hospitality to the world, um, including Jesus' own instructions to, to feast with the stranger and the poor and the crippled. I'm not trying to diminish that But if we aren't sharing and and experiencing hospitality here amongst one another, then then we're depleting ourselves and and we're robbing God of glory. And ultimately, we're starving our neighbors because if, if we aren't practicing it here, it's almost sure to not happen out there. And the passing of the peace on Sunday mornings is a great place to start but it has to go beyond those two minutes. We need to be sharing our time and space ourselves with one another, building each other up, encouraging one another. We should be feasting together, showing hospitality to one another. It goes both ways, right? We can't be so inward-oriented that, that our neighbor is neglected, but, but we also can't be looking outwardly at the expense of our brothers and sisters here. I was speaking to a friend recently who loves words and came across a new word, the word convivial. And, and the definition of convivial is to be fond of or occupied with feasting, drinking, and good company. And my my friend's response to this was, that's what the church should be. And I couldn't agree more. A more dated definition of the word from the mid-17th century is simply fit for a feast. Through the generous and abundant hospitality of the Lord, you have been made fit for a feast. By the power of the Holy Spirit, through this liturgy, we are being made fit for the feast that we participate in every week and then being shaped and formed as, as convivial Christians. We invite others to the table. Very briefly, as I close, I, I want to make sure that we understand that transformation is not microwave Christianity. It, it is not quick. Some of you might be feeling a bit anxious because all this hospitality talk feels like a lot of work and there's a lot of pressure to just do it and be perfect at it all the time. While others of you might be bursting at the seams to go get after it and and maybe already are trying to do it all, all the time. But again, the transformation that is possible through this kind of divine hospitality is not instantaneous. This is not... uh, 
This is not a take two of these and call me in the morning situation. Transformation takes time, a, a long time. It's, it's how even our liturgy works. It is a lifelong process to be transformed from one degree of glory to another. So it's okay that it takes time. We can have a, a proper sense of urgency while still playing the, the long game with each other and with our neighbors. There's a Latin phrase, festina lente, which means make haste slowly. I think that's a beautiful way of thinking about a lot of things, but especially this practice of participating in and sharing the hospitality of God. So set a table and settle in. God has called us to share the divine life of his son with the world through his hospitality. And while it can be scary or difficult, it will be difficult, it is good. And there is a promised good harvest from it. God promises in the book of Isaiah, we heard earlier in our reading, that when we share a meal and and open our homes, extending the hospitality of God, what happens? It, It says light will break forth. Healing will spring up. The Lord will be with us and satisfy us and make our bones strong. We will be like a watered garden like a spring of water that doesn't run dry. A foundation will be set for generations to come. Our city will be restored. Those are the promises of participation in the hospitality of God. So let us bear this honorable weight for and with one another with with urgency in our souls and, and patience in our hearts. Festina Lente. Let us make haste slowly, trusting that the meal we share with the living God week after week after week is truly transforming us into co-hosts, servants of God's shalom in his world. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you are our great and perfect host always welcoming and feeding us, even feasting with us. Would you open our minds and our eyes, our ears, our hearts to what you're doing here every week in in giving us a most beautiful picture of your hospitality and how glorious it is to participate in it. Give us your grace and strength to invite others into your shalom, your life. I pray all this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.